are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Seconds left, he's got the ball, he should have it. Isaiah hangs out of the ball, flips it up to the Raptors. Detroit is the city of champions again. Detroit Basketball! What's happening? Welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast episode for Monday, December the 16th. And an unexpected win against Houston. This is your boy Matt Shook, the host of the Lockdown Pistons podcast, the sports writer here in Detroit City covering the NBA for the Detroit News, an Associated Press Pistons fan and follower my whole life just like you guys, and a sports newspaper reporter for over a decade as well. Thanks for spreading the word this holiday season about the Locked On Pistons podcast. Today we're going to run down Saturday night's big win against the Houston Rockets in the Lone Star State. I'll give you my three biggest takeaways Looking ahead more than back, as we know that the Saturday night game a little bit outdated as we talk here on Monday morning and as you hear this on Monday. But we're also going to look ahead to tonight's game at home against the Washington Wizards back here at Little Caesars Arena starting a stretch of home dates before the Christmas season is upon us. But give me a follow on Twitter, by the way, at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H. Another underscore for that, also the Locked on Pistons Twitter account. And check us out on Facebook at Locked on Pistons Dash. Matt Shook, but the Pistons get the win on Saturday in Houston on the road, 115-107, to 107, and the Pistons have now won five of their last seven games, 2-1 and one this year against teams on the second half of a back-to-back. It's nice, that's a good thing, but it won't happen again for a while until Chicago visits on January 11th. Pistons will have a couple of their own uh back-to-back stretches before that time. Pistons improved to 11-15, four games under 500, one game behind Orlando after they beat New Orleans on Sunday. Pistons three games behind Brooklyn for the seventh spot in the Eastern Conference. Pistons, though, still only one half game ahead of the Charlotte Hornets for ninth place, Charlotte being in 10th, and now 4-9 and nine on the road, although two straight home wins, I'm sorry, two straight road wins in New Orleans and Houston, as that road game, or the game, I should say, neutral site game in Mexico City, was considered a home game. So started off 2-9 and nine on the road, but have won the last two. Pistons uh, this year, interestingly, we keep an eye on the point differential. They have now outscored opponents by five points cumulatively this season. Kind of remarkable that after uh, 26 games right now, which, by the way, we're already 26 games into the season, um, pretty remarkable that you, you it's almost exactly perfect in the amount of points scored. Five more points scored by the Pistons than their opponents, of course, aided by a few blowouts in there. And uh, I guess helped in this regard by the fact that some of these losses were close. Even more interesting than the Pistons only outscoring opponents by five, and that being such a razor-thin margin for error, is the fact that the Brooklyn Nets, after Sunday's 20-point win in their game, just ahead of the Pistons, a couple spots in the standings, as we said. 2,909 points scored and 2,909 points against. That's right. Brooklyn has scored and allowed the exact amount of points so far this season. So maybe they'll tie the rest of their games and keep that going going forward. Andre Drummond did not play in this one because of the I-Avocado situation, as I'm sure you've heard about by now. Blake Griffin was not himself once again, struggled Looked bad, didn't play in the second half. Russell Westbrook sat this one out on the second half of a back-to-back for Houston. But those who did play for the Pistons pretty much all played well. Credit to Dwayne Casey 
and his coaching staff for making it work with a depleted roster. And credit to guys like Derrick Rose, who was outstanding. Crunch time uh, all the time, pretty much. 20 points and 12 assists for him. Luke Kennard, 22 points, 7 rebounds and 3 assists. Bruce Brown, 16, 10, and 6 with 4 steals. Great defense on James Harden at times. Made him work hard on the back-to-back to get his 39 points on not very efficient production. Tony Snell also pitched in on the defense of the presumed the presumed MVP of the league, or or maybe probably number three right now behind Luka and Giannis. But uh, James Harden always putting up those big numbers, and Tony Snell was there to make it a little bit tougher for him on Saturday night. He also added 15 points and five rebounds on the offensive end. Which is a lot for Tony uh, to get five rebounds. Uh, Markeith Morris had 15 points, 11 and 12 rebounds for Christian Wood. Langston Galloway with 10. Even Thon was okay. He started and gave him some quality minutes despite not really doing much on the stat sheet. Plus eight for the game, though. The Pistons won without Blake, Andre, and Reggie and didn't even have to shoot the lights out to do it. Shot 12 of 37 from three-point land, which is 32%, which is below the typical game that you want to be shooting those three-pointers, and without Andre Drummond, the best rebounding human on the planet, the Pistons still out-rebounded Houston 55-46. to So everybody stepped up, did their part. Guys like Christian Wood, guys like Don Maker, uh, grabbed some boards. Uh, let me double-check that. Maybe I don't know if he had uh, too many boards, but obviously we know how Bruce Brown pitches in on the uh, defensive glass as well. Yeah, Thon Maker ended up with six rebounds, seven for Luke Kennard. Markeith Morris stepped up with eight, not a very good rebounder. So everyone kind of knew that they had to pitch in on the glass and did that. Dwayne Casey after the game lauded his team for the guards getting in there and getting in the mix, and they certainly did that. Luke Kennard should be um, commended even more so than usual just because uh, he, he knew it was something that he needed to get done, and he got it done with seven boards for a guy who's not really – a rebounder in any stretch of the imagination. 27 assists for the Pistons as well. Mike D'Antoni played eight games on the second half, or eight guys on the second half of a back-to-back. Tough uh, tough rotations there. I don't know. I know they're, they're, they're having a, a fine start to the regular season. James Harden, this team's going to win a lot of games in the regular season, no doubt about that. But it, to me, f- just feels like his days are kind of numbered in Houston. I predict that this will be Mike D'Antoni's last year in Houston. There, I said it. Might be the fall guy for a poorly constructed uh, group right now. And, of course, the carnage that comes with you the time you trade for Russell Westbrook and you see what it does to your franchise. I think Houston's probably going to witness that come playoff time. And then, like I said, uh, got to have a fall guy, and it'll be Mike D'Antoni. Just a prediction there. Um, obviously, they had the strange upheaval of their assistant coaches last year which seemed uh, you know, different, a different kind of approach for a team that uh, overachieved, I would say, with the roster that they had with the Chris Paul era of the James Harden-Houston uh, Rockets. But uh, we'll see. Obviously, that's down the road. But up next, more importantly right now, Pistons at home tonight for the Washington Wizards, at home again on Wednesday for the Toronto Raptors, on the road for a one-game swing in Boston next Friday, followed by a back-to-back back at home against the Chicago Bulls Saturday, and then Philly at home a week from today. Good news is that's five of the next six games at home. That's good. And then a six-game road trip after that is the bad news. So five of the next six at home, six-game road trip after that. The other bad news is that's five games in eight days starting tonight for the Pistons. A tough stretch of calendar work for your Detroit Pistons here before the Christmas holiday. 
gets to us. But speaking of Christmas, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. Those are my favorite things to have in the bed, sink and bounce. Get $100 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash LockedNBA. That's LockedNBA, not LockedOnNBA, LockedNBA, casper.com slash LockedNBA. Use promo code LockedNBA also at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. If you can't visit Casper right now, you can find this and all other offers from Lockdown sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. Welcome aboard to Casper for joining the Lockdown team. Your company should do the same. Get in touch with me if you want me to talk and say nice things about your products and business. But I got my next three takeaways coming up next here on the break. That's coming up next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Yes, sir! All right, a little bit later on, we will talk about the Washington Wizards in town tonight to take on the Pistons at Little Caesars Arena. But we got the three biggest takeaways from the weekend. Also looking forward a little bit as the dated game on Saturday, over 24 hours old as we tape this now. But uh, the honorable mention for the three biggest takeaways, so I guess number four, the Pistons beat a good team finally for the first time this season. Best win of the year. Really nice. So way to spend the Saturday night getting that victory in Houston. Had lost their first six games against good teams this season. Philadelphia, Toronto, Milwaukee twice, Miami, and Dallas. But got the win on Saturday night against James Harden, one of the one of the game's top players. And uh, getting that road win is a nice one. Nice little bonus for the Pistons as well. They've done pretty well against the Rockets these last few years. The third biggest takeaway is Derrick Rose, the closer. Mixed results, but was good here in this one. About half and half is what we've come to expect when you put the ball in his hands late in games. You get some great games and some rough games from him in the fourth quarter, but I guess you'll take it, especially with that lineup that the Pistons had to throw out there on Saturday night. You will take it. And no, this does not mean that the Pistons are a better team without Blake Griffin, without Andre Drummond, of course. A little bit of an anomaly. People stepped up and played well, and they should have get a little credit for that. And the coaching staff should get a lot of credit for that as well. But uh, let's not get crazy and think that uh, Andre being gone makes this team better or Blake being gone makes this team better or, of course, both of them being gone makes this team better. We know it's the NBA and, and players can do some things and, and play well at times, but no, the this team without Blake or Andre is not a long-term answer this season, although there's a case to be made that uh, maybe the trade wins could explore both of those guys here leading up to the February 7th deadline. And that's where we're going with our second biggest takeaway. A couple of nuggets from the Woj and Zach Lowe trade special from ESPN. I did not see this. These are from tweets from Rod Beard of the Detroit News who uh, passed along some of the nuggets. And, of course, we know that the national reporters in the NBA, and this is not a knock to the local guys, the local beat guys that do that job and do it really well, this is kind of the same case in every market in the NBA right now. There's just not a lot of local beat guys breaking stories. And that's, like I said, that's not uh, a knock on any of the those beat guys or even beat guys across the country. The scoops and all the trade information and all the signing information, we know where those come from. Those come from Shams Chernia of The Athletic and more notably uh, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN. Those guys just have the stranglehold on information right now. It's a two-way street. That's one of the reasons that Woj gets his information is because he has information. So teams will call him, get the info, and he'll pass them along some nuggets as well and uh, report what he knows. So that's how that all works, by the way, in case you were wondering. So 
uh, long story short, Woj and Zach Lowe, I mean, these guys know things. These guys know the people who know things, so I would take this stuff very seriously. When Woj passes along, we know that the Stan Van Gundy front office didn't really leak at all, and when you heard about a trade rumor, it probably wasn't going to happen. I don't know enough about Ed Stefanski to know if that's the same case for that Stan Van Gundy, you can kind of play by those rules. The trades you didn't hear about were the ones that happened, and the trades you heard about were talks that broke down or never were going to happen in the first place. Anyway, Woj and Zach Lowe passed along apparently from uh, through Rod, saying that the Pistons and the Dallas Mavericks could be trading partners, possibly a swap that would include Andre Drummond in a deal for Tim Hardaway Jr. as kind of the centerpieces, presumably, of a deal between those teams. Tim Hardaway Jr. is a fine player. He is overpaid. He makes $18 million a year, and uh, has that his contract that he got from the New York Knicks kind of turned him into a little bit of a, a laughing stock, but he shouldn't be. He's a good player. Um, he has a player option for next year, a little over $18 million, just like Andre does. Andre, obviously, for more money, has a $28 million uh, player option for next year, but identical contracts in terms of the length and the player option. I think that Tim Hardaway Jr. is certainly going to pick up that player option wherever he's playing. Next year, not going to be a lot of money available on the market. Andre, as we know, has indicated that he will not pick up his player option and will pursue free agency. I'm skeptical. I am still on team wait and see. I think that Andre, at the end of the day, might just pick up that player option and instead become a free agent uh, next summer, 2021, whether that's with the Pistons this this summer, staying one more year, or uh, if any trade happens this February or possibly next summer as well. We know Tim Hardaway Jr., is a Michigan man. The scoring is a little down this year. Son of Tim Hardaway Sr., former Pistons assistant coach and NBA All-Star. The killer crossover, the UTEP two-step. You know Tim Hardaway Jr. and or Tim Hardaway Sr. and love him like I did back in his playing days as well. The shooting numbers are fine for Tim Hardaway Jr. We had Brian Zillum of the Blue Hardwood podcast on to talk about the Mavericks last week. Um, listen to it, by the way. Go back and listen to the Tim Hardaway Jr. stuff. Um he ha- Brian said that Tim has been outplaying Seth Curry and even took his starting spot recently. Um, I don't know. I, it's just it, I'm trying to weigh it in my mind. Uh, this kind of deal, obviously, there would be more included. Even when Tim Hardaway Jr. was back at Michigan, I always kind of wanted more from him. Uh, and kudos to him for making kind of a leap in his pro career, having a solid career scored almost 20 a game for the Knicks a couple years ago. Um, but it's just it sounded like the from the tone of Brian that it kind of marks what I kind of remember about Tim Hardaway Jr., like these flashes, um, kind of seemed like a, you know, Brian was a little bit unimpressed with the Tim Hardaway Jr. fan experience. Uh, we know that Dallas has some bigs, a lot of bigs. Pistons would probably want one back for Andre Drummond just because you have a, you already have a, a, a big hole kind of at center right now, as it is. Uh, with a lack of depth with just Christian Wood as kind of being the only viable backup five, and I don't even think he's suited perfectly for that role. There's really no other centers on this team other than Andre Drummond. Uh, We know that the Dallas Mavericks have Boban, of course. That's a possibility uh, to be thrown in the deal. Maxi Kleber and Dwight Powell kind of being maybe more likely as guys that are expendable when you're bringing on Andre Drummond and trading and obviously keeping Kristaps Porzingis as well. Kleber and Powell, to me, are similar types of guys in terms of their value. Uh, Kleber, more of a skilled guy who can shoot it a little bit. Powell, more of an effort guy who can uh, probably rebound it a little bit more. Although, Kleber, they're just about the same as far as rebounders, but uh, Powell might be that a little bit extra on defense. Um, I think they're both backups. You know, these are not starting level players. 
which is why Dallas might be interested because, you know, they don't have enough talent over there right now supporting Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, so Andre Drummond makes them a lot better right away. However, man, I just don't know about that fit. Porzingis and Drummond, these are guys that need to be on the court, need to be playing. Would they be able to play together? Can Andre Drummond be asked to defend stretch fours? You know, I, I don't know because you want Porzingis by the basket, obviously. I just That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Um, and the other problem, well, there's a lot of problems with this, uh, this rumor, but, uh, Dallas cannot trade a first round pick over the next five years. They've traded the 21 and 23 deals to the New York Knicks. And because of the Stepien rule, you can't trade the 2020 first round pick. If you've already traded 2021, you can't trade, you can't, uh, trade away consecutive future first round picks, uh, and not have any first round picks at your disposal uh, for two consecutive future years. So since they've traded 21 and 23, that means they also can't trade 20, 22, and 24 because that would create situations where they would have two straight years of future first-round picks already being dealt. So no, the Dallas Mavericks can't trade any of their first-round picks. They don't have two of them over the next five years, but they can't trade any of them over the next five years. They do have two second-round picks next season. Neither of them are their own. It's something that that could benefit the Pistons. They don't have a second-round pick as it stands right now. But again, I just don't see how this makes sense for Dallas, and I really don't see why it makes sense for the Pistons either. If you trade Andre Drummond, and he's an asset, no doubt about that, and a strong one with his bird rights and teams that might be over the cap that might want to uh, sweeten up the roster going into next season, uh, I don't like the Porzingis-Drummond fit. And for the Pistons, I, again, uh, Kleber and Powell, they're both under contract for three seasons after this one. That's a good thing to have guys locked up. Powell at 11 a year, Maxi eight and a half. That little bit of difference in salary might be the difference in why I guess I might prefer Maxi. Uh, a little better shooting, a little better rim protection as well. Uh, but Tim Hardaway Jr., six foot five, not really seeing why the Pistons would do this. That height and size kind of falls in line with the gluttony of smaller wings that they already have on the roster right now. Doesn't really help the youth movement. He's a guy that's getting up there in his late 20s. And, um, yeah, it, it helps the perimeter scoring. Uh, you know, he's not a very good defensive player. I'd call him average at best. Uh, so I don't like it. I, I just don't see what this does. I think if you trade Andre and Blake, you need to do it with very specific directives and guidelines. And you need to be getting young players that are helpful. I mean, Maxi and Dwight are both late 20s as well. Nothing wrong with being in your late 20s, but it's not exactly um, a Christian Wood type of situation where you're getting young players that could presumably improve into larger roles with this team over the next couple years. So again, I'm just not seeing a reason to do this if you can't get a pick out of it. There's no uh, you know, uh, guys that are available. Like they had you know, Dennis Smith last year. Um, the guys like that that you could take a chance on, that you could grab from this roster. You know, I'm looking at the Dallas Mavericks roster. Justin Jackson's a young guy that's shown some pieces and the ability to shoot it from three uh, during his young career. Uh, and maybe you believe in him. I'm not really a Justin Jackson guy. J Jalen Brunson, uh, the oldest 23-year-old in the world, felt like he was at Villanova for about 20 years. But, uh, again, doesn't really do all that much for me. Uh, I need some more athleticism. He's going to be a backup point guard for his whole career, and he'll be a fine one. But, uh, again, doesn't move the needle. Dorian Finney-Smith's a good player. I kind of like him. But, uh, you know, not really an asset that gets a, a, an Andre Drummond type of player uh, in, in a deal. So, no, I, I just not, I'm not feeling it. 
uh, in terms of those two pieces, Andre Drummond for Tim Hardaway as the centerpiece, even with the presumption that you get some more assets and a, another useful player from the Mavericks and maybe even a, uh, a, a Justin Jackson type of project young player. So, again, not feeling it. Well, we'll see if anything progresses from uh, the further rumors. And the silly season begins as Sunday was the first day that you could trade players that join your team this past offseason. But the most important thing from the weekend is obviously Blake Griffin and apparently Zach and uh, Adrian Wojnarowski talked about this on the show as well, uh, and that's that he had an MRI over the weekend after the game on Saturday. Uh, Ku Khalil on uh, Detroit Bad Boys wrote a piece, and I agree with him there. Put that man on ice. Give Blake some rest. Like I said, we've got a grind coming up for Pistons schedule, five games in eight days. Now, if he's fine, he's fine. and He's only listed as questionable for the Wizards game, him and Drummond, by the way. We'll talk about that next. But uh, both guys is questionable. Surprising that Blake wasn't maybe more declared out. I don't expect Blake to play in this game tonight just based on how he's been looking lately. And uh, I would uh, think they'd be cautious. And, man, uh, a lot of games and not a lot of days. I am surprised they haven't done more load management, especially the way the season started for this team. It seems like they've kind of let that ship sail a little bit. I don't understand it. But, uh, obviously, Blake Griffin's health is the number one takeaway from this game, and we'll see how that goes. No matter how you feel about the Pistons, if you want to trade him this summer, if you want him to be moved at the deadline this year, uh, he's got to be healthy to have the value and to even be uh, available to be traded because it's not going to happen if he looks like he did in Mexico and also on Saturday night. So that's that. But up next, we're going to talk about the Washington Wizards. That's next here on the Lockdown Pistons podcast, which is a proud member of the Lockdown Network, your team, every day. All right, the Washington Wizards coming in at 7-17. and 17. Your boy Matt will be in the house uh, covering it for the Associated Press. 2-1 and one in games that I'm at this year. And you know what? I'm guessing there's plenty of good seats available for a Monday night December game against the Washington Wizards. They lost to the Memphis Grizzlies on Saturday, the fourth straight loss for the Bullets, and seventh loss in their last eight games. Get used to these Washington Wizards. The teams will play again the night after Christmas in Detroit. Once again, December 26th, so twice in like 11 days. And then again on January 20th in the annual, it now seems like, Pistons versus Bullets, Martin Luther King Jr. Day, uh, matinee in January. So all four of these games they've already played once in Washington. Pistons lost that one. All four of the games will be wrapped up in a little bit more than a month on January 20th. Hard to believe that a month from now will be January 20th. But anyway, 2020, new decade, all that good stuff. The breaking news tonight for the Wizards is that C.J. Miles, Jordan McRae, Thomas Bryant, and Mo Wagner are all out for this one. They also said that Isaiah Thomas is questionable. He didn't play on Saturday. So, yeah, it's not even that same Wizards team that knocked off the Pistons a few weeks back. It's worse than that. But uh, Jan Mahimni is starting. That's never a good thing for you. Uh, you know, Rui Hachimura is kind of their hope right now, uh, playing well up and down, I guess, as a rookie um, mid-range guy. Ish Smith, the return of Ish Smith to Detroit. Maybe we'll see a tribute video. I hope so. But uh, a couple of young guys that you can't really get all that excited about is Troy Brown, a second-year mid-first-round pick from last year. And Admiral Schofield, a rookie that I was high on as a second-round pick this year. So I kind of like him. I do think there's some potential with both those guys, but certainly guys that have, are candidates to um, fall into oblivion and obscurity if they don't you know, get get things going pretty quickly, especially in Troy Brown's case as a guy touted as a pretty big prospect who uh, hasn't really done all that much. I just think they've got to make a Bradley Beal deal. And, of course, he's the main headliner of this team. 
I feel like they're just waiting for him to get hurt or something like that, screw up his value. I don't get it. Uh, there's really no reason to keep him in my mind when you've got this kind of roster around him. And his value, to me, gets smaller and smaller as he heads closer and closer to free agency down the road. Another interesting note with Washington this year is Davis Bertans. Picked him up in uh, free agency. Uh, I would imagine that he gets traded. He's filling it up this year for them. He could be a real trade asset. As you know, GMs around the league are salivating at a, at a bigger guy who can who can knock down shots and isn't afraid to pull it from deep. So Davis Bertans. A name to watch tonight is a guy who could be trouble for the Pistons. Pistons, even without the possibility of Blake and Andre being out, or even with that possibility, five-and-a-half-point favorites at home. That tells you all you need to know about the Washington Wizards these days. A game the Pistons should win, even without Blake and Andre, if that's the case. Washington, one of the worst defensive teams in recent NBA history. They are not good, and the Pistons should win tonight and take care of business. But you... Heard it here first, and we'll talk about it tomorrow on the Locked on Pistons podcast. This is your host, Matt Shook, saying thanks for listening. Talk to y'all later.